In this week's market update, investors shift their focus from equities to bonds as persistent inflation makes the case for higher for longer interest rates. It's been a very long time since investors have been anything like this interested in fixed income investments like bonds, cash and money market funds. After years in which shares were the only game in town, suddenly investors are spoilt for choice. There's a wide range of income options and after a painful adjustment to a world of higher yields, the possibility of meaningful capital gains too. For the longest time, shares offered a much higher yield than bonds or cash. Today, however, the short-term returns from many of the assets that investors might consider for a diversified portfolio are all gravitating towards a return of around 5%. Investors now have to weigh up a number of different options. It doesn't necessarily make investment easier, but it's a good problem to have. Bonds are back, is the consensus view among investors, and Google searches on the outlook for various flavours of fixed income investments confirm a dramatic shift in investor sentiment. Interestingly, given that investors usually only start to notice an asset class after it's been rising for some time, bonds are back on investors' radars well before they've actually delivered the goods. Investors have been piling into bonds in the first six months of this year on the promise that last year's big fall in value, as interest rates rose, was ripe for a reversal. So far, that trade has failed to deliver the hoped-for returns because the peak for interest rates keeps being pushed further back and to a higher level. Sometimes it's good to be late to the party. Global bond markets have fallen by 1% this quarter, taking the shine off the 3% gain that they achieved in the first three months of the year. Anyone who suffered last year's 16% decline is still well underwater. But the longer the underperformance goes on, the better the prospective returns from bonds become. For the first time in a long while, investors are looking at the possibility of both a good income return and a capital gain on top of that. That's because the continuing rise in interest rates means that investors can now lock in a historically high yield on super safe government bonds. If investors buy short dated issues maturing in just one or two years, they can be held to maturity with a negligible possibility that they won't receive their money back from blue chip borrowers like the UK or the US governments. Because many of these bonds were issued when interest rates were very low, their prices have adjusted downwards so that they now offer competitive yields. To take one example, the UK government bond maturing in January 2025, which offered a yield of just 0.25% when it was issued in an environment of rock-bottom interest rates, now trades at just over £92, compared with the £100 it will pay back to investors in just 18 months' time. That means that an investor can lock in a capital gain of around 8% in a year and a half with almost no risk. And the further good news for UK investors is that GILTs, UK government bonds, are not liable for capital gains tax. Of course, if interest rates go higher still, then in the short term the value of those bonds could fall further. But an investor who's prepared to wait for the payout doesn't need to worry about these short-term fluctuations. Now, there's no such thing as a no-brainer in investment, but this does come very close. So, bonds look good. What about equities? Well, here it's a different story. So far in 2023, 
the returns have been much better in many cases than for bonds, especially in the US where markets have been driven by interest in technology, especially AI-focused companies. Shares have bounced back strongly from last year's falls. Not last week, though. Global stocks fell 2.2% last week, their worst performance since the banking crisis in March. In Europe, things were slightly worse, down 2.6%. In the US, a bit better, off just 1.4%. All over, however, it was the same story. Hawkish signals from central banks that they're determined to keep interest rates higher for longer in the face of persistent inflation. Here in the UK, last week was a shocker on that front. Inflation stuck unexpectedly at 8.7% in May, and the very next day, the Bank of England hiked interest rates by a bigger than expected 0.5 percentage points to 5%. The previous week, the Federal Reserve had gone on pause, but it warned that perhaps two further rate hikes were likely this year, and the ECB raised rates and said it too was not done. Now, that's bad news for the equity market, investors believe, because it raises the probability that economies are heading inexorably towards recession. So far, they've remained resilient with strong labour markets and robust consumer spending, but doubts are creeping in that the good news can last through the second half and into 2024. The concerns are greater on this side of the Atlantic, where the UK central bank's relative lack of credibility compared to the Fed means expectations for the end point for interest rates have now pushed up to 6.25%, the highest level since the late 1990s. That's a problem across the board, but nowhere more so than for homeowners with mortgages, many of whom are rolling off super cheap loans onto much, much more expensive deals that in many cases are likely to lead to a much greater squeeze than the same households experienced when energy costs rose sharply last year. Also of concern is the prevalence of fixed-term mortgages, which have the effect of delaying the impact of those rising interest rates and so forcing the Bank of England to perhaps push rates higher than they would otherwise have to do. Mortgage rates have been described as a time bomb waiting to go off. The government's fear is that it explodes just as it's forced by the electoral timetable to go to the country this time next year. Interestingly, the big hike in interest rates last week did not have the accustomed impact on the pound. Usually, when interest rates rise, a currency appreciates as the investors welcome the higher income it offers. But last Thursday, sterling almost immediately retreated, a sure sign that investors are focusing on the damaging impact of higher rates rather than the yield benefit. Now, back to the equity market. The focus has also apparently shifted from the turn in the interest rate cycle, a positive for shares, to the impact of persistently higher rates on corporate earnings. The expectation remains that profits will bounce back strongly next year after a modest single-digit decline in 2023. But the fear is that that might be too optimistic if financial conditions are tighter than expected. The US stock market in particular has already started to look through this year's earnings decline to better times ahead, and the valuation multiple for the S&P 500 index has risen from around 15 times expected profits to 19, which might be hard to justify if earnings come under pressure from higher borrowing costs and rising input costs like wages. 
This week's economic focus is once again inflation. In Europe, Friday sees prices data for June with a modest improvement to 5.7% inflation from 6.1% a month earlier. As in the UK, however, where core or underlying inflation actually rose last month, the ECB is expected to focus more on that measure of prices that strips out volatile elements like energy and food. Here, the rate is expected to nudge up from 5.3% to 5.5%, and that means that the European Central Bank is likely to remain hawkish in its commentary. Meanwhile, investors are on the lookout for the unexpected after the remarkable events over the weekend in Russia, where an attempted mutiny led to a fall in defence stocks and a rise in the price of crude oil, as markets tried to assess the outlook for the Putin regime in Moscow. Measures of market volatility, which have been becalmed so far this year, rose after the weekend, and gold, traditionally seen as a safe haven in uncertain times, also nudged higher to $1,928 an ounce. Please note that the value of investments and the income from them can go down as well as up, so you may get back less than you invest. Investors should note that the views expressed may no longer be current and may have already been acted upon. This information is not a personal recommendation for any particular investment. If you are unsure about the suitability of an investment, you should speak to one of Fidelity's advisors or an authorised financial advisor of your choice. Overseas investments will be affected by movements in currency exchange rates and investments in emerging markets can be more volatile volatile than other more developed markets. Reference to the specific securities should not be construed as a recommendation to buy or sell these securities and is included for the purposes of illustration only. Tax treatment depends on individual circumstances and all tax rules may change in the future. Withdrawals from a pension product may not be possible until you reach age 55, 57 from 2028. This podcast may not be reproduced or circulated without prior permission. No statements or representations made in this podcast are legally binding on Fidelity or the recipient. This podcast is meant only for UK residents and does not constitute an offer or a solicitation in any jurisdiction in which it may be unlawful to make such an offer or solicitation.